Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. Hello, 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 everyone. This is episode number 24 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. The only podcast where Mark and Sarah talk about sarongs. Uh, I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and with me, as always, is the inestimable Sarah DeVunting. I, I think I'm pretty estimable. I'd say I'm about a B plus. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Hi. Today, we're going to be doing a double request for very pertinent reasons, as you'll soon discover. The first request uh, is um, for Oasis's Wonderwall, which comes to us from listener Karen R., and the second request, although they were not requested together, is Blur's Song 2, requested by Laura in Texas. And Sarah and I both felt that we could not talk about one without discussing the other, so we were glad that they had both been requested. And that is because the media, and to the extent that this was a real thing, I honestly don't know, but the media insisted that Blur and Oasis were competitors on the rock charts in the world, probably in Vietnam and in a World War World War One trench, just competitors always, always, always at it, like Venus and Serena, etc. Sherlock and Moriarty. Exactly. Yeah. And they, I do know that there was a big thing where one time they both had singles coming out in England at the same time, and Blur made it to number one, and Oasis made it to number two, and that. So it's like when 50 Cent and Kanye West both released their albums in the same week. Whatever. Mm. So for better or for worse, probably for worse, the two bands are linked forever in the public imagination, some sector of the public's imagination anyway. But also, of course, another reason to pair these two songs is that Blur and Oasis do both represent a certain type of rock music that was popular in America as well as in England in the mid-90s. So I think that to begin, Sarah, we should probably just hear little snippets of both songs, don't you think? I do. So let's first hear a snippet of Blur's Song 2. Because here's what we both forgot. Um, like we try to keep it, we try to keep it tight with the fair use um, when we're pulling these clips. And the fact is, that was 44 seconds. The song is only two minutes and two seconds. So, so that was a big chunk of that song. Yeah. Please don't sue us. And as always, we urge you, listeners, to download the songs that you hear and enjoy on our podcast in a legal fashion that supports the artists. Exactly right. Anyhow. And speaking of artists, now here's a snippet of Wonderwall by Oasis. We had a doubt. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. And all the roads we have to walk are winding. And all the lights that lead us there are blinding. Things that I would like to 
get that drum break in yes. there. Um, so Sarah, what are your thoughts uh, coming out of these these two song samples? Um, well, actually, I think the Blur album that more closely corresponds with Wonderwall, timing-wise, is Park Life, mm-hmm. and song two is, I believe, not on Park Life. No, it's on Blur self-titled. Right. I think. Um, I was in a group of my college friends living in New York at the time that all of this was going on. We were the people who, like, literally, if we couldn't think of something to do or the conversation ran out of steam, we would walk down the street to the nearest movie theater and go to train spotting for the 23rd time. Um, my friends were, like, music journalists and, like, online, like, the first online magazines and web journals, and we went to live shows three or four nights a week. Like... This was our focus. Like, we had subscriptions to NME. Like, we, I mean, I feel like we knew every detail of Liam's life, of him fighting with Noel, of when one of them would finally wax his eyebrows, of Damon, Damon, Damien? Damon Albert, yeah. Um, called one of them a cunt, which he did, like, weekly, rightly, because they were, collectively and individually. And then, at some point... Like, things changed. A couple of people moved away. People started to have kids. And then this information just falls away, um, which is sort of too bad. Like, I think these are both really good songs. And um, song two in particular, we have spoken before, or at least I have in a number of venues, about those perfect songs for the end of side A of the mixtape yes. that you're like, oh, minute 59, fuck me. Hey! Thanks, Blur, Save My Butt, um, a couple of times. And, like, what a wonderful, like, the lyrics are great, but that's a driving joint at the beginning. And then, like, woohoo! I mean, what is not to love about that? Meanwhile, Wonderwall, you know, suffering strings, feeling sorry for yourself. There's literally a sad clown in the video, but it's also very effective and, like, I can remember a number of Halloween parties that ended with the sun coming up and all us all lounging around on a mustard velour couch that was inherited from someone's, you know, college dorm room singing to each other that we were each other's wonder walls. Fast forward 10 years and some of these people, I like, I'm not even sure if they're alive. Um, but yeah, these songs together bring me back exactly 20 years to and just like remembering what I cared about what I used to wear where our waistlines were that you could go see a movie for three dollars where I used to live back then um it's a lot I'd also like to say that if you're not familiar with uh the queens of the stone age hit threes and sevens I didn't realize this until I was listening to the blur song again but very similar I love this song too it's another great opening and very similar and I wonder if the inspiration was also similar let's have a very short listen to Queens of the Stone Age I 
video is like a whatever Russ Meyer movie, but that chord progression is very similar, and it's like, all right, I'm there for it. Like someone mash those up. Yeah, especially because you've got guys making high pitched sounds in both of them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's not to like? Um, yeah, this is an excellent time capsule that I'm glad I got to uh, got to write on. Um, but Mark, I'm interested to hear your thoughts, and then also maybe we should talk a little bit about who we feel. Like, in retrospect, they were always paired together. They did always seem to be in competition, but also, like, to need each other. Mm. There was this, like, symbiotic, parasitic relationship. Like Professor X and Magneto. Exactly like that. Old friend. So we should should talk a little bit um, at the end, maybe, about who we feel came out on top Mm -hmm. there. So, Blur, for me, in my life was entirely reduced to the sound woo-hoo. Like, literally everything that I know about Blur is those two sounds, and the song Boys and Girls, and the song Coffee and TV, because the music video for Coffee and TV with this little milk carton walking around was popular <laughs> in the summer I lived in England. Super cute. Um, so Blur is a band that I knew of more than I actually knew if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And I mostly knew about them because whenever Rolling Stone would write about Oasis, they would also mention Blur. Yes. In the way that they all hated each other. And they would call whatever rehab Alburn was in and be like, so, what do you think of the Galliers? He'd be like, still cons! (laughs) I fucking nene! I uh, actually don't even know if you went to rehab. Don't sue me! (laughs) Um, But I, I definitely listened to Wonderwall. Like, you couldn't not listen to one of them. Yeah, that's true. And I was also, a thing that my friends and I liked to do at this time was to always, inevitably, we, we didn't realize it was inevitable, but we would always be like, well, yeah, Wonderwall's the big hit, but the better song is X. You know, like, inevitably, to prove that you were cool. Right. But being that you cool, had to show that you knew the deep cut. Yeah, exactly. But, I was thinking, like, well, but I think everyone thinks of X as the better song, and then I realized... I don't remember. I remember one of their other songs that was not a big hit, but like the quote better song. Yeah. This is the one that lived. The only other Oasis song I remember now is Don't Look Back in Anger, which I really remember oh, yeah. liking at the time. Yeah. But anyway, or in Champagne Supernova was oh, that. Oh, right. I yeah. That's not one of those things where we're, we think we're talking about two different songs and it's actually the same. No, Champagne Supernova and Don't Look Back in okay. Anger yes. are very similar songs, but they're not the same song. Well, that's. That's kind of the thing about Oasis, isn't it? Yeah, because it's really, pretty much the same. It's one song. long nine and a half minute, not that well sung. Yes, song, but there is something undeniable about the the like using the word like Wonderwall is sort of a perfect distillation of the bratty appeal of Oasis. Like they were mm-hmm. always being assholes in the public. That's yeah, true. And true. I feel like we as Americans were in a way spared the worst of it because in England, I'm sure they were much more covered yeah. because they were just a bigger hit over there. But yeah, like but saying Wonderwall, like inventing a word that really doesn't mean anything and then insisting that it's about something, that's like rock star swagger yeah. to me. There's a really, there's a Scottish band called Travis that I really loved for a mm-hmm. while that has a song that includes the line, what's a Wonderwall anyway? Right. And I always thought that was pretty funny. Anyway, so I, I feel like that in, in retrospect, like, oh, and also Ryan Adams covered Wonderwall on one of his EPs in the early 2000s. And so, you know, it's like that song clearly has something to it. There's musical heft there. 
But I feel like that Oasis is the kind of act, and there are many of them, that gets overwhelmed by its own public image, in a way. Right. And so it's kind of nice to be able to hear Wonderwall again, because I hadn't heard it in years. But it's nice to be able to hear the song without being so fresh, like you were saying, with all of the conflicts and the whatever. Just like right. remembering that it was a song that initially got me to care in the first place. Like maybe in 15 years we can all listen to Taylor Swift again and forget whatever the new scandal is. Anyway. Right. So I have to say I'm not sorry to have been taken back here. No, me neither. I, I mean, it's really interesting that like, I don't think, um, I mean, you can identify, or at least I can, because that's when I was like head down into pop music, like mm-hmm. as my second life. Um, you can identify when these songs were made, but they haven't dated. Right. Like, they're still solid construction of pop songs, but they also very effectively take you back to a certain time, particularly Wonderwall, because I think I think song two is something that is pretty like it's pretty steady in terms of influence. Like you could you could still hear a song like that today and I have to look well, real quick arguably, to see when this Queens of the Stone Age song came okay, two thousand seven. So that kind of um that pace, that chord progression, that um, the strokes definitely. Owes yes, to that. the strokes, the uh, the hives, the, the eels, hives, all of them. The there was one I never can keep the vines and the hives straight, but whichever one of them was just like the strokes but better. Yeah. Yes. Um, but God, remember that when they were everywhere and oh God, for the one album, yeah. Fucking the white stripes, which I was like, what that why like this is what's coming in to take over these like big stadium Britpop acts like this but I also feel like that was a very specific like there was a space left by Guns N' Roses for example that Oasis like I think they thought Guns N' Roses were cunts again they're not wrong but there was a space for that I think the culture always needs that big yeah Everyone knows what they're doing, even if they don't know what they do. Right. To merit that. And that big, like, stadium presence, outsized, like, um, ancient Greek size nemesis, stuff like that. I think the culture and just pop music needs that. And there they were. And you know what? That's so true. And now it's Kanye and Taylor. Like, the feud is there. The sound is not the same. But, like, mm-hmm. we always need pop stars who are antagonizing each other. Like... They need each other, too. Yeah. And that's such a good point. But we also do seem to always have room for a bratty rock star who's making big, thumping songs, even if we lose them for a while. Um, And I think there's also, I mean, I think Oasis, can you name anyone else in Oasis? No. Just the Gallagher brothers. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think there is something about, I mean, I would love to see a book about, like, how the branding of Britpop evolved starting, like starting with the Rolling Stones and up to the present day, like 50 years of, you know, selling the, you know, selling the Union Jack overseas or whatever. But I think there are aspects of that narrative that now you would look at the story Mm -hmm. of their lives and be like, Oh, of course. Right. Like, of course there had to be brothers and it's possible that they just combed the hair the same because how do they look that similar? But then actually, Noel is repellent. Like 
uh, I would never. But then right. Liam looks very similar, and I totally would have. Yeah. In spite of, or perhaps because of the brattiness, like, I don't know. Right. I think there were a lot of elements there that, like, you could, it kept generating story. Right. Aside from the songs, and I think that's why they were so big, but I think that might also be why, in my opinion, if you had to pick one to stock your iPod with forever and only one, I think you'd probably have to go with Blur. I think they were slightly better musicians and better adapted, like they kept releasing things and not trying to kill each other. And yeah, I mean, or maybe they did, I don't actually remember. You know, it's interesting. In the, Who do you feel wins this non-rap, non-battle? Well, in a pure chart sense, Oasis wins. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wonderwall was a top 10 hit. Blur never hit the top 40. Uh, Oasis had multiple top 10 albums in America. They sold millions of copies. Uh, Blur was always more of a of an on-the-fringes band in America. Now, not in England. but Right. And I also feel like it's worth noting that both the Queens of the Stone Age song and the Blur song in their intro... Obviously, Oda to Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they're, again, but Blur's canon, I don't know very well. So I'm like, I, well, like, Boys and Girls doesn't. It's more of a, like, actual pops, like, dancey song. Anyway, but I just feel like in that. And then they used to have this sort of, I don't know, they were simultaneously doing this weird acid rock meets trip hop thing. So, well, I will before, say. Or, like, in the early 90s, I think, but again, I. I drink a lot, and I drank a lot back then, so I don't know. But what I will say is that... Just making shit up now. You're probably right about the overall musical excellence of Blur compared to Oasis, but for me... Or the, like, portability, I don't know. The the Cultural Impact Award, and therefore my award, goes to Oasis. Okay. And there it is. Yeah. Um, so climb over that gold, wall. Gold medals for everyone. Woohoo! Except the other guys in Oasis who we can't remember. Sorry, other guys. Oh, shit. What? I forgot to mention... Oh, well. Doesn't matter. I'm still rolling. Oh, well, okay. So, before I make my final judgment call, I do feel like it's important to bring up the post-band projects. Because... Damon Alburn did, if I'm not mistaken, co-found the band Gorillaz. Yes, he did. And that band was awesome. Yeah. And that actually completely... He drew all the animation for that video, too. Yeah. So, you Just know kidding. what? He didn't do that. And, and so, while I would give... Okay, so I would give my overall prize to Oasis over Blur, but if we're talking about right. the Gallagher Brothers versus Damon Alburn, he... Damon Alburn takes it in a... In no contest because Gorillas, those two albums, or maybe there's three, but I only had two. Anyway, I love them so much, and Clint Eastwood and Feel Good Incorporated and all of that, I can't get enough. So that's my that's my rather complicated passing out of awards, but it's no more complicated than the Grammys themselves. Yeah, I th- I think that Albarn is one of those sort of like I mean he's not old but like grand old men of rock who like had his bratty phase had his drugs phase had his experimental I'm going to write an opera phase which he may not have done again every single statement I have made about Damon Albarn is probably <laughs> actionable the false life of Damon Albarn heirs and assigns it this is like what we got in that like Twitter thing we tried to make it happen where we picked that 
girl from Expo, not Expose. Oh, yeah, where we all pretended like John and I had briefly been in Expose. Yes, but no, it was you and I that we planned to do this, like, Twitter thing. It's like, facts about oh, such yeah. and so from... Uh-huh. That's right. Who was it? She won't She won't ride in a beige car. Right, like, but who Dawn was it? Like, Dawn from yes, to it was ride Dawn in a from beige Envo- car. Like, did you know that Dawn from En Vogue invented the, like, seal ring on <sighs> the new bottles of Polar Seltzer? Did not happen. Anyway... We are now going to have to make up a, like, hashtag Damon Albarn apology tour. Did you know Damon Albarn wrote a um, seven-act opera, performed over two nights, floating <laughs> in the middle of Sydney Harbor? Like, I guess he could have. He seems like a pretty smart guy. Did you know that Damon Albarn dismantled the Electoral College? <laughs> Did you know that Damon Albarn once uh, nearly made the Australian ping-pong team? <laughs> I don't, And now I'm making him Australian? I don't know what the hell's going on. Folks. Did you know that Damon Albarn was the inspiration for that movie where Kevin Spacey becomes a cat? Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is created by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. To request a song or sound off about a tune we've already discussed, you can tweet us at TalkSongs, email us at TalkAboutSongs at gmail.com, or find and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Mastas.podcast. And if you'd like to buy an ad or special message for a listening loved one, we welcome you. Just email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail for all the details. Also, subscribing or leaving a glowing review on iTunes or the podcast service of your choosing helps us grow and it makes us feel great. Until next week, I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And And this this is Mark Mark and Sarah Sarah Talk Talk About about Songs. songs. Good enough, sister! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.